Well, speaking of children, a few weeks ago uh, at our community groups, I, I love the rhythms we have. We, we, do, uh, we have our family gatherings and then men, family gatherings and then women. And a few weeks ago, well, I guess it was last week, uh, it was our family gathering. We gathered at our house um, and we had an opportunity to close out, as we do every week with our families, uh, we have what's called family worship, where uh, the kiddos usually pick a song. Last week, they, they picked Promises, and we put Promises on the, the TV. They had the lyrics up there, and we just kind of sat back and, and joined alongside our children and singing about God's faithful promises. Like, what a beautiful, speaking of what we just prayed, what a beautiful win and glorious truth it was to just watch that. And then... Every week, as we do, we kind of close out in prayer. And we always want to involve the children. We always want to hear their prayers, encourage them that, hey, this is a safe place for you to pray, to learn how to pray. And one of our little, uh, little girls opened up a beautiful opportunity for the father to hear from his children that evening. As we began to pray, she began to pray in a powerful way. And here's what she prayed for. Little six-year-old prayed for healing and salvation and for rest. I mean, I sat back, I watched them sing, I, I sang alongside them, and then we, we turned and we, we, we knew we were going to pray for healing, we knew we were going to pray for, for this sweet little girl, and the sister began to pray and, and asked God for healing. Children in our home interceded on behalf of their friend, on behalf of their sister. They knew that there was a need, and they knew in that moment who to turn to. We didn't say, let's pray to God. We said, let's pray. And their voices prayed to the Father in the heavens. They knew that there was a need. They knew who to turn to. And in a simple prayer, they called out to the Father and they asked for help. There was no doubt in their minds, like listening. There was no doubt in their minds. You could hear the certainty in their voices that their prayers landed in the lap of the Father. I think... Somewhere along the way, a lot of us have lost this innocence of asking God for things. I think somewhere along the way, we've convinced ourselves that we, as adults, I'm speaking to us adults in the room, that we've outgrown our need for prayer, that we're good enough in our own strength, or maybe we've convinced ourselves that we've got this. But somewhere along the way, I think we've convinced ourselves that, that maybe God's just too busy for us. He's too busy to hear our prayers. We don't want to bother him with the little things, so we only go to him maybe once a month when there's a big decision. Should we buy or sell? Should we buy this car? Should we not? Should we trade in? What school should our kids go to? God's just too busy to hear our prayers. Or maybe somewhere along the way in our faith journey, someone told us that you're doing it wrong. That your prayers don't have enough faith behind them. If, if you really had enough faith, God would answer your prayers. And so we've, we've just kind of grow, grown cold to that. Or maybe, in a room this size, I think this is probably true. Some of us had this experience. No one actually just stopped and helped you understand the beautiful truth that Paul says in chapter 2. That you, Christian, have access to the Father through the Son, Jesus, in the Spirit. Maybe nobody just slowed down enough to explain to you the beautiful truth of prayer. But whatever it is, I think for a lot of us, somewhere along the way, the lies of the enemy began to creep in. Maybe during a season of waiting, maybe in a season of suffering or doubt, maybe in a season of not hearing God's voice, and we just stopped. We just stopped asking. We stopped 
seeking the Lord. We stopped knocking. We stopped talking and we stopped praying to Jesus. Family, I'm convinced if we're going to make it, all of us, if we're going to make it to the end, if we're going to truly be light in the darkness, if we're going to raise our kids to be bold Christ followers in this culture, if we're going to fight the lies that we've been talking the last few weeks, if you're going to fight the lies of the enemy with the truth of the gospel, then we're going to have to be a people who put on our gospel armor, as we've seen, a people who stand firm and learn to fight on our knees in prayer. And we do this on our knees, not from a, a posture of defeat. Don't, don't let that think that I'm saying shrink back. We don't do that from a posture of defeat, but instead from a humble posture and a presence with the one who truly does change everything. Over the last few weeks, we've talked a lot about spiritual warfare, what it is, who is our enemy, the father of lies, how he fights so dirty and uses lies and shame and guilt and back in verse 14, Paul gives us this amazing imagery that we've walked through over the last three or four weeks of what it looks like for us who are united to Christ to stand firm in the midst of a raging war all around us. And this morning in our text, we see Paul continue on. But as we read this in just a moment, he doesn't issue another piece of armor. Hear that. This isn't the, the last piece of armor that he issues. Instead, we see Paul, he connects standing firm in Jesus. Now, with all of our armor on, to now a warrior who is fully devoted in prayer. In other words, prayer, family, is what permeates. It's what saturates. It's actually what runs through the entire Christian armor. What does he say? Take your stand, do it praying. Put on the belt of truth, praying. Put on the breastplate of righteousness, praying. Put on your gospel shoes of peace, praying. Lift up your shield of faith, praying. Put on your helmet and grab your sword and do it praying. If we're going to be a people who learn to engage and fight in spiritual warfare, regardless of how well we wear the armor, we have to be warriors who are fully devoted to prayer. And as we fight from, again, not fighting for victory, but as you fight from victory, the greatest warriors know the power of fighting from their knees. Let's look at our text this morning, what Paul has for us this morning. He says this, chapter 6, verse 18. Pray at all times in the Spirit, with every prayer and request, and stay alert, with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints, Pray also for me, that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known the boldness, the mystery of the gospel. For this I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough to speak about it as I should. Family, in everything we do, fighting against the enemy, advancing the gospel, this is our life mission, fighting the enemy, advancing the good news of Jesus, all of that should be done in prayer. Prayer, brothers and sisters, is the supreme weapon. It's the glue that actually holds all of our armor together so that we can, as Paul says, use it against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil, spiritual forces in the heavens. I love how one Puritan pastor says it so beautifully. He says this, Restraining prayer 
Pushing away prayer, not engaging in prayer. Restraining prayer, we cease to fight. Prayer keeps the Christian's armor bright. And Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. So what does it mean for us to be a believer who's fully devoted to prayer? Well, Paul paints a beautiful picture of what it means for us, 2023, in Alito. What does it mean for us? He paints this beautiful picture of how we are to fight on our knees. So if you take notes this morning, six points, don't worry, 20 minutes each point, we'll be out of here. Just joking. Number one, a devoted prayer warrior. If we're looking at this text and what Paul says, a devoted prayer warrior prays at all times. Everywhere, at any time, you can pray. Y'all remember when the Bluetooth headsets came out back in the, the late 90s, early 2000s? I remember like driving around or, or walking through a mall and, and all of a sudden people go from these big phones to now they just look crazy. There's this Bluetooth in their ear and if you don't see that and you're in the car next to them, you're like, who are they talking to? What is happening? I remember walking through the mall, that was a thing. I remember walking through the mall and seeing these people all of a sudden just start like talking to themselves and you didn't notice it, but that's just the way it was. That is the way it was. I was concerned at that time. I really was of where we were headed as now we all do it, right? You have your little AirPods you put in. We all look crazy. Just do it. We all look crazy. But in a way, that ought to be how we are as Christians. Not crazy, but how we communicate with the Father. Just constantly spending time with the Father. John Piper, I love this. He explains prayer like a wartime walkie-talkie, and it's super helpful. Listen to this. We cannot know what prayer is for. Let me start over. We cannot know what prayer is for until we know that life is war. Life is war. Now, that's not all it is, but it is certainly that. Our weakness in prayer is owing largely to our neglect of this truth. Prayer is primarily a wartime walkie-talkie for the mission of the church as it advances against the powers of darkness and unbelief. It is not surprising that prayer malfunctions when we try to make it some domestic intercom to call upstairs for more comforts in the den. God has given us prayer as a wartime walkie-talkie so that we can call headquarters for everything we need as the kingdom of Christ advances in this world. If all of life is war, then all of life must be lived in what? In prayer. You have access, as, as Piper says, you have access to the headquarters 24-7. Prayer is how you put on your armor at all times. As I said earlier, it's how you stand firm at all times. And it's how you can call upon God in our everyday rhythms of life at all times. Think about this. Kiddos in the room, I want you to hear this. The creator of the universe created all the cosmos, all the galaxies we don't even know about, created everything, all the sea creatures in the deepest depths of the sea that we don't even know about, the vast mountain ranges, all of the beauty, all of creation. The creator of the universe, he actually wants to hear from you. Billions of people on this planet, and he wants to hear from you. He knows your name. He calls you by name, he loves you, and he wants to hear from you. He's never too busy. He never gets annoyed. He doesn't answer his God phone, his walkie-talkie, and say, what? What do you want? He never does that. He never lashes out in anger. 
If there's ever a relationship that we need to be needy in, it's the one with the Father. He never gets annoyed with our neediness. He loves it when his children come to him. He loves that in temptation we cry out to him. He loves that in the morning when we wake up, when we arise and the sun is shining, whether that's at 6 a.m. or 10 a.m. whenever you roll out of bed. I don't know, but in the morning he loves when we wake up and spend time with him. Throughout the day, he loves when his children talks to him. He loves when his children just, just pause on a drive, take a deep breath, listens, talks. He loves when we do that. Before you close your eyes at night, he loves for his children to reflect on their day with him. At all times, the invitation is there. John Wesley says, this, this is his prayer that he would pray for himself, and I I've started to adopt this. It's beautiful, but he says, My heart is ever lifted up to God at all times and in all places. In this, may I never be hindered, much less interrupted by any person or thing in retirement or in company, in leisure, business, or conversation. My heart is ever with the Lord. Whether I lie down or I rise up, God is in all of my thoughts. I walk with him continually, having a loving eye of my mind still fixed upon him and everywhere seeing him that is invisible. What if this was the posture you had in your regular rhythms of life? What if this was our posture? It was just what we did. We were just a praying people. It's who we were. That, you, that we would be so present with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that you could actually live and walk in freedom and be present with anybody at any time of the day in every situation, and you can live with your mind fixed upon him. In the good times, the bad times, the panic button, the depression sinks in, you can live with your eyes fixed upon him. A devoted prayer warrior is one that is present with God and prays at all times. Second thing, Paul, let's us see. A devoted prayer warrior prays at all times in the Spirit. Now, two things here. One, I think what Paul is referring to here is what he says back in chapter 2 and chapter 3. When he says, for through him, Jesus, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Like just, just a simple reminder. Pray at all times in the spirit. A reminder that when you are united to Christ, you have access to the Father through the spirit. At all times. I think it's just a, a great reminder. I think that's what he's doing. The second thing I think he might be doing is he wants them to remember maybe his words from, uh, back from chapter 3, the implications of praying. Like when you pray to the Father and the Spirit, chapter 3 gives us this explanation. He says, I pray that He, God, may grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with power in your inner being through His Spirit and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length, what is the width, the height and the depth of God's love, and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge. Why? So that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. To be filled with the fullness of God, family, changes, changes everything. As you learn to pray at all times in the Spirit, you're able now to fight the enemy's lie with the fullness of God, His love, His power, His grace, and His mercy, and His truth. And as you learn to pray at all times in the Spirit, you're able to move about your day 
in freedom knowing that the fullness of God is what's leading you. He's not the father of lies that's going to lead you into deception, deceive you, uh, lead you with shame and guilt, guilt you, shame you into something. He's the, the father that actually made the way through the son, through the sacrifice of his son Jesus for you. And now you have the fullness of his grace and mercy who's leading you. So that as the people you encounter, you can point them to Jesus as the Spirit speaks through you. And I know some of us, again, in a room this size, you hear this and you're like, Matt, that sounds great. I want to pray at all times. That's cool. I want to pray as the Spirit leads, but I don't even know what to say. I don't even know how to do this. Paul says in Romans 8, if you're a Christian here this morning, may this encourage you. If If you're like, man, I wish I had a prayer life. Let me encourage you with the words of Paul from Romans chapter 8. In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. Because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. And he who searches our hearts, he knows the mind of the Spirit, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This is the beauty of God displayed in his fullness. When you don't even know how to pray or what to pray, the Holy Spirit intercedes for you. The Holy Spirit in this very moment is praying for you through the Son on your behalf. You know those times where somebody's like, if you ever get asked the question, just joke, I asked Cody the other day, how's your soul? Like somebody asks you that question and it's like, I don't know, man, you got an hour? I don't even know how to explain what's on my heart. I don't know how I feel. I don't know what's feeling. Those times when you can't even explain for yourself, the Spirit intercedes for you. The Spirit prays in your weakness. So don't be discouraged when you don't know what to say. Instead, be encouraged that the Holy Spirit's gone before you and he's praying those prayers for you to receive the fullness of God. A devoted prayer warrior prays at all times and in the Spirit. The third thing, a devoted prayer warrior prays a variety of ways. Paul says, with every prayer and request. So to be clear, if we're, if we're learning how to pray at all times, then this is, this is going to come naturally, to pray different prayers. Like I can't just wake up every day and pray a prayer of thanksgiving the whole day. I've got kids. There's frustration in there. There's trains that stop on the track all the time in our community where you just like, you're frustrated. I don't think I sit at those trains and just pray a prayer of thanksgiving. God, thank you for this train right here. Thank you that my kids continue to fight about the same thing every day. Like I, I, think, I think what Paul's saying is, is a variety of prayers that we can pray. There's many types of prayers all throughout, from cover to cover in the Bible. There's audible prayers. There's silent prayers where you don't even know what to pray. The Spirit is interceding for you. You know those times where you're driving and you're, and you're like, your soul's having this conversation. Maybe that's like you have shower conversations with yourself between you and God. Whatever it is, there's audible silence. There's short, there's long prayers. There's prayers with fasting where you're abstaining from something. And then there's prayers with feasting. There's prayers of petitions where we're begging God to intervene and act. There's prayers of rebuking. There's prayers of resisting the enemy. There's, there's prayers for healing or help or for courage. There's prayers for discernment and wisdom. There's prayers in, in time of sinful acts of disobedience. We pray a prayer of confession. Or maybe as you drive, you recognize God's beautiful scenery and creation. And you learn to pray a prayer of adoration. God, thank you for, for your creation. I adore you for who you are. I could never make this beautiful sunset, this mountain scenery. I could never do this. Thank you. 
I praise you. I adore you for who you are. That's probably going to lead you to a psalm, a song of praise, a prayer of praise. Maybe in quiet times, you learn the practice of prayer and solitude. This is a hard one for us. We're always going. Our, our notifications on our phone, I hate the red dots. They're always there. We're always checking something. We're all, we, we feel it vibrate. There's literally studies out there that I don't have my phone, but at some point, I might feel like a little vibration right here where, where my phone typically is in my pocket. And, and mentally, like this dopamine goes to, ooh, I got a notification. I got a notification. We're, we live so fast and we're so bombarded that there needs to be a time where we just disengage. We don't even just at lunch turn our phones over as if that's like, oh, look at me. You're so important to me, Trin. I'm turning my phone over. But when I hear it, I'm going to pick it up. Like, no, just leave it in the car. Leave it at home. May it be a freeing thing. That's what, there's different types of prayers. I mentioned the other night in our community group, the prayers of our kiddos and how beautiful they were. One of them prayed that my son would stop stealing his sister's toys. I thought that was great. Like, yes, can you keep praying that for, I keep doing the same thing. Uh, One of them prayed for that. One of them prayed for good dreams that night. One of the the little girls prayed and giggled all the way through it. And that's why I loved it so much. They knew that they had access to God. They had faith that the Father was actually hearing their prayers, and they simply just voiced it to Him. It was less what they said and more the posture of their heart. Y'all, the Father desires your heart. He knows what's on it. So may we as a people grow in how we voice our hearts to him. What if your daily life was a day of prayer? In all things, praying. From one meeting to the other, pause, pray. In a meeting, God, I'm in this meeting. There's a lot happening. Would you just give me a comfort? Would you give me a peace? Would you give me wisdom to know how to respond? You ever been in those tough meetings where you're like, yeah, this is not going to end good, and I'm... Maybe you're on the receiving end of that. That's not going to end good. Or maybe you're on the giving end. And you've got to have a really hard conversation. I promise you, going in there prayerful and just see how the Spirit leads and might open up the door for a gracious rebuke or, or to receive in all humility. Like what if in all of our days we did less talking and just more listening? How much more joy would we have if we just set our phones down and we just listened? Do you have coffee? With Brian, and you sit down and you just listen. You just pause and you just listen to the people in front of you. A devoted prayer warrior simply prays, all types of prayers. Fourth, a devoted prayer warrior prays with all perseverance. Paul says, stay alert, pray with all perseverance. Now I find myself in parenting repeating over and over and over again the same thing, right? I think that's what parenting is. Every day you live on repeat saying the same thing. Son, would you pick up this? Brighton, would you put up all of your makeup that you continue to get out? Would you just put it up? Ellie, would you clean up after you make all of your desserts? Would you just do that? Over and over again, we say the same thing. The other day I was having a conversation and and Brighton came up to me. She grabbed my hand. We're trying to teach her, hey, if if dad or mom's in a conversation, grab the hand. We'll we'll get to you. Be patient. She was patient for like 0.2 seconds. And then she started the dad, dad, daddy, dad, dad. She was persistent. She spoke with great perseverance. And I had to pause and I had to listen. But that's what Paul is saying. We are to be persistent prayer warriors, continually calling on the Lord. 
Like this is, again, it's okay for you to be needy in this. Jesus in Matthew 7 is, is teaching on prayer. It's a, it's a passage that he's teaching. It's the, maybe you've heard it as the ask, seek, and knock. So as he's teaching this, he's saying ask for something, which means literally re- you're requesting assistance for this conscious need that you have. Like you realize there's a need, so therefore ask for help. And then he goes on and he says, ask, seek. When you seek something, it involves asking, but, but actually adds action. Like you don't just express our need and just sit back. We express our need, we get up and we look around. It's this conscious effort that is at play here. So ask and then seek. And then he says to knock, which means asking, seeking, persevering, and knocking. Like someone who keeps pounding on a door. The text actually reads, if you go back, it says, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. And I think this is what Paul has in mind when he says, keep alert with all perseverance. Keep on keeping on. Keep praying to the Father. Pray at all times in the Spirit in a variety of ways and with all perseverance. I want you to think back. This is kind of cool. So you look, look at Scripture and how it all points to, to Jesus, but think back to Acts chapter 1 and 2. Jesus had just ascended, all right? Resurrection has happened. He spends time with his disciples, tells them, hey, there'll be a time where I'm ascending back to the Father at the right hand, and he does that. He ascends back. He left them, his disciples, and he went to be with his Father in heaven. And at that moment, as the disciples are kind of dumbfounded, like, all right, he's gone, they go back and they do what the Master has always done with them. What do they do? Acts chapter 1, verse 14 they, were, they all were continually united in prayer, along with the women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. They had access, if you will, to the headquarters. And they were modeling what their master would do, that they were praying with perseverance. God, I don't know what we're supposed to do. What are we supposed to do? We're, we're asking God. They prayed with perseverance. And from there, we see the Holy Spirit falls on them. Peter preaches this message on repentance. Lives are radically changed. And the New Testament church, as we know it, ignites into existence. Chapter 2 says this, So those who accepted his message, they were baptized. And that day about 3,000 people were added to them. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. They persevered in prayer. Acts chapter 4, warfare in the church begins. Culture hates the message of Jesus that's being uh, preached. Peter and John, they get arrested. Why? For preaching Jesus. And what do the disciples do? We see that they continue to pray with all perseverance. They get released from jail because the authorities had actually recognized that these men had been with Jesus. And, And this happened because they persevered in prayer. They go back to the rest of the disciples. New Testament church is starting, and they keep praying for more boldness. These warriors recognize the power that came from the Spirit of God when they fell on their knees and prayed. Look at what happens. Acts chapter 4. And now, Lord, consider their threats. Grant that your servants may speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand for healing, and signs of wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. When they had prayed, The place where they were assembled was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak the word of God boldly. Paul says in Romans chapter 12, rejoice in hope, be patient in affliction, be persistent in prayer. Colossians chapter 4, devote yourselves to prayer, stay alert in it with thanksgiving. Family, 
if we started, what would it look like if we started fighting on our knees? What would it look like if we were a church that instead of the last resort, we go to God the first time at every moment of every day, we say, God, I, don't, I just need you. Show me your way. Every step, I need you, Lord Jesus. Hear me on this. I, I get a little excited because, you know, we didn't plant this church to just be a Sunday service. You've heard me say that all the time. Like, I don't want this just to be a place that this is a hobby where we show up. Like, I, I want this to be a place where we show up and we pray alongside each other. We pray for healing. We pray for our children to be saved. We pray for our neighbors to experience the good news of Jesus. And then we go out and we tell people all about Jesus and what he's done. You don't tell them about me. You don't tell them about how good our kids' program is or not. You tell them about Jesus and how Jesus changes everything. That's why we planted this church. Not to just be a cool hangout and, hey, come look at the gym and we can play volleyball after and kids can run. No, we planted it so people would meet Jesus. God loves to be pursued in prayer. He loves to be asked over and over again, repeatedly. He loves when we come to him in confidence, not fear, worried if we're forever nagging him too much or if we're laboring in our disbelief. Brother and sister, God loves to pour out his power on those who draw near to him. He loves to do wonderful and even miraculous things in our midst. Boldly and confidently coming to the one, the one who changes everything. A devoted prayer warrior prays for all the saints. Number five, we should be praying with and for one another. Like this is, I've I've said this a lot, we should intercede on behalf of our brothers and sisters Honestly, my heart for our response time today is not that uh, I would lead us into some speech of like pumping us up. My, my prayer for our response time every week is that we sit back and we, we say, Spirit, who, who can I minister to today? Or in your brokenness, you don't hide in your shame and your guilt and your suffering, but you go to a brother and sister and say, would, would you pray for me? I can't even seem to get out of bed hardly this morning and I'm, I'm struggling and wrestling would you please pray for me? That's what our response time should be. Yes, coming to the table with the assurance of how Jesus has pardoned us. And we take his body and we eat it and it's his body broken for us and his blood shed. Yes, we do that. And in return, we then go and we minister to one another because of his great sacrifice for us. My prayer is that it wouldn't be awkward as we sing three songs here in just a second. That you just are like, man, I just don't know. I feel kind of led to go pray for, you know, but if I get up and I go pray for this person, hey, maybe you're the person that actually ignites something. Spirit, what would you have for us this morning? Who are you interceding for? Do you have a list of people? Do you, in your community group, are you praying for your, your, the men and women and the children in your community group? Do you pray for your lost neighbors? Do you pray for your lost family members? Praying for one another is like the spiritual glue of unity for us. It's an overflowing of God's love for us when he lays someone on our heart to pray for and we get to intercede on behalf of them. It's a beautiful reminder of what God can do. Real quick, Sam Storms says this on, on the power of prayer. He says, I'm not saying that we will never experience the supernatural workings of the Spirit unless we utilize some specific prayer model. But I do believe that when people actually slow down enough to ask and to listen, 
to hear what their brothers and sisters are saying and to pray with them and over them, it's then that I do believe the Spirit might be more inclined to speak to them. The other option is the good old Christian cliche. Pat them on the back with a good old, I'll be praying for you. May we stop and practice praying for them. Oh, that Grace Church Alito would be a praying church. If we're known by anything, it's that we, we're going to boldly pro- proclaim Jesus and pray for one another. Lastly, Paul says, a devoted prayer warrior prays for boldness. Now, I've talked a little bit, of, again, about this one. It's hard not to overlap, but Paul prays for boldness, both for him and for the church. He humbly asks for prayer. He knows that in his own strength, he does not have what he needs to share the gospel. So what does he do? He asks for prayer. You and I both need prayer. We need the power of Jesus in our lives, the boldness to evangelize, to share the gospel with everybody that we encounter. Evangelism is the front line to spiritual warfare. And Paul knew that, which is why he, of all people, is saying, would you please pray for me? Would you please pray that I would preach boldly the good news of who Jesus is? I mean, as he's writing this, his body literally has scars all over it because of how he shared the gospel. He's in prison because he's sharing the gospel boldly. And he's saying, would you please pray for more of that? I got two prison guards here. They're they're getting close. I'm, I'm talking to them about Jesus. Would you please pray? Would you pray for me to have all boldness? We pray at all times. We pray in the spirit. We pray in a variety of ways. We pray in perseverance. We pray for all the saints. And we ask for boldness. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that you are good. and right, and true, and you are the perfect one. I thank you that as I'm voicing this, this prayer for us as a family, how beautiful it is to know that your Holy Spirit, to every believer in this room right now, is is interceding for them. That you're praying prayers restoration you're praying prayers of deliverance you're praying prayers of of peace you're praying prayers of freedom your spirit's interceding on our behalf I think there's just something to that when we don't even know where to start, how to start, what to say, your spirit goes before us and intercedes. Thank you, Lord. There's not another, there's not another God who intercedes for his children. Think of the ones who have to sacrifice and lay down their lives in hopes that their God might hear them. And you take it one step further and you intercede for us. How glorious that is, Lord. Thank you. This morning, I I know that there's a reality of, of many of us in this room, Father, that you've brought through those doors that are hurting, that are in pain. 
Maybe there's someone in here this morning that has, they hear this prayer and, and they, they are so far from you, removed from you, because they've never actually just heard the Father say, come to me. Lord, if there's somebody in here who does not know you in, in your goodness and your grace and your mercy, would you give them your Holy Spirit this morning?